well, I've got a lot packed that i got to unpack um, because I'm going to finish up our series, God Willing, um, uh, Living My Blessed Life. How many of you know that Jesus is the Word of God? The Bible says that he's the Word. Matter of fact, on his thigh in the book of Revelation, it's written the Word of God. And um, he is, in, in the beginning was the Word, and the was, Word was with God, and that Word became manifest in the flesh. So Jesus is the Word of God. And when that woman with the issue of blood came into contact with Jesus, virtue flowed from him and touched her at the very point of her need. So tonight, as you come in contact with the Word of God, remember this, I'm just trying to teach you something, virtue is going to flow from His Word and touch you at the very point of your need. Are you ready for that kind of virtue? Virtue... Virtue is the anointing, and it has transformative power. It changes everything that gets in its path. So let's keep that in mind tonight. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 is what we talked about last week. Just to go over just for just a moment. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, it says, and adds no sorrow with it. How many will want at some point in your life to have enough to take care of all your needs and some more? Ain't nobody stupid. Everybody wants that, right? Well, he promised to bless us. The Bible says to make us rich. But he said when he makes us rich, he adds no sorrow with it, right? So we say, man, I got a new, God bless me with a brand new car. Then one month goes by and the first bill comes in the mail. How many knows it don't feel much like a blessing when the first bill comes in the mail, amen? There's sorrow with that. So God says, I want to add it to you. Well, if God says he wants to add it, to us, I think, you know, he's always kept his word. I think that's a positive thing and not a negative thing, especially when he doesn't want any sorrow to be with it. And again, the Bible says that this blessing makes us rich. And the word rich means to be well supplied. Well supplied. That means enough to take care of you, some others, praise God, his plan on earth, and go on vacation too. Hallelujah. And that we said the last, last week that the translation um, of the Jerusalem translation says this. I, I think it's really interesting. It says, um, the blessing of Yahweh is what brings riches, and, and this hard toil has nothing to add. So that's what God promises us. And let me just say this. The world needs help because their systems, the world systems, have failed and have become broken. How do we know that? Because at man's best attempt, there's still massive chaos in the world today. And you just got to pick up a newspaper or go online and get your news or maybe you turn on your favorite uh, um, news station and to find out that there's chaos. But I will say this, guys. It's not like chaos hasn't always existed. So don't get shocked and go, oh, my God. Don't get pulled into the world of negativity and says, oh, my God, everything's falling apart. Well, at the Inquisition, everything was falling apart. Y'all didn't hear me. I said, there's always been something of old. You can look back and say, the world was, when Hitler was on the scene, the world was falling apart. But here we are today. Come on, somebody. There's always hope. Everybody say, there's always hope. And so don't get in the land of chaos where it's so chaotic that you say, well, there's no, there's no hope. There's always hope. And God brings hope because of the fact that he has blessed his people to walk into a world of chaos where the enemy is called the little G God. He's little G God of this world. He thinks he has ownership and rulership, but the truth is God has given that power and authority to you and to me. Amen, church. 
So we hold our head up high. We don't get down. We don't get in the, in, in, into the ditch and say, well, everything's going to hell and, and, and Jesus, I hope he comes back soon because this whole thing's about ready to wrap up. No, there's lots of work to do. And the Bible says that we're to work while it's still day. So as long as the night hasn't come yet, we got to continue to work. So I believe in order to fix the chaos in the world, we're going to need to apply the blessing. And what is the blessing? We said the blessing, number one, is the covenant of God, the covenant of God that overrides the curse. Well, everything under the curse dies. Everything that's blessed gives life, okay? So that's a covenant that overrides the curse. Also the blessing, it's the anointing of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God through which divine favor flows. So when you want God's favor to flow, it comes through that blessing element that he puts upon his people. Also, number three, it's the power of God to produce and to reproduce in our lives. And all the blessing works by faith. It's a matter that God speaks to you and you're obedient to what God says. You step out in faith and here comes the blessing overriding the curse and making a way where there seems to be no way. Okay? So this whole idea of production and reproduction we find in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and it says this then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish the sea the birds of the air the cattle over all the earth over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them then God Bless them. So God makes man, he makes woman, and then he blesses them. And God said to them, this is the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, the sea, birds, of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, notice, notice there was an assignment attached to the blessing that God blessed them with. So he said, this is what I require of you. Go do this. And as you go do what I've asked you to do, I'm going to bless you to get it done. So church, God never tells you to do something. He don't bless you. He'll never give you something. He don't bless you to make, you, make it capable for you to, to, to not only just do, but also to overcome every obstacle that comes in your way. God did this, and he's blessed, and the Bible says, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And have dominion. So everything God put us over, he said, I want you to be in charge of. So when he puts you in the earth, he puts you within your family, he puts you within your, um, your neighborhood, uh, puts you on that job. God wants you to have authority. It's not to make man bow to you. That's manipulation and control up into slavery. That's not what we're talking about. Not about man. It's not calling man to submit to you. It's circumstances that are supposed to submit to you. It's even the elements, if you can understand that, that are supposed to submit to you so that you can overcome. Say, I am an overcomer. Well, he gives us an assignment. He said, okay, here's what you're called to do. I'll bless you to do it, but you got to step out in faith in order for that blessing to enable you to get the job done. So let me make this statement. Where there is no assignment, in other words, where there's no purpose, there is no blessing. Quit saying, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. What has he asked you to do? What is the purpose? What is the assignment? Amen. 
If there's no purpose, no assignment, there's no blessing. There's no flow of the life of God. There's no flow of the favor of God. There's no flow of the anointing of God. Oh, we don't have to go too far to see, find this out, guys. Just go some places on the south side. Go some places on the north side. You will find in our inner city areas there's a, very, there's a lack of God's presence. And when there's a lack of God's presence, we've seen crime on the rise. Y'all don't want to talk to me tonight, but that's the truth. Amen. But why? Because there's no purpose for people. But when people find purpose and an assignment, now his favor can flow upon them. Amen. Now this word, he says, to replenish the earth. This word replenish, we found out, means to resupply, to recover, to former, former fullness, and to stock in abundance. Let me say it one more time. Replenish means to resupply, to recover former fullness, and to stock in abundance abundance so in other words whatever we use up don't think oh now i'm in lack because all of it's gone right now now i have to understand that something some of y'all some of y'all hang on to things as if it's going to go away like if i let this go i won't have it that that is fear there's a whole other supply waiting for you i have heard people say this before and has blessed me so much I didn't even see Lisa sitting back there. Praise Lisa. This woman, this, this woman. You ain't in your spot. People, if you change your spots, I thought you left the church and hate my guts. I, I've been here the whole time. I just sat over there. Okay, you're good then. This woman blows my mind. She has been hurting and everything else going through what you go through during these times. And here we are today at Day's Home Going, and she gives a cake to my wife. Says, happy birthday, praise God. Which she wasn't going to tell me that she got the cake. So Lisa said, make sure she tells you I gave her to share the cake. She knows. Come on, somebody. Who does that? And here she is on church, been busy all day with family and everybody else. I want to clone this woman. I need to clone her. We love you, sweetheart. We love you. And next time you're back in your seat, don't freak me out. Okay. <laughs> so where was I? Whatever you use up. People get fearful that they're not going to have it again. That's just not, that's not God's best for you. That's not God's blessed for you. Amen, somebody. No, no, no. So in other words, I can release it. I've had people tell me, Pastor, I went in and I donated all my clothes. Uh, I wasn't wearing them anymore, and, and, I, and, I, and I maybe they lost weight or whatever. And I wouldn't, I, 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 you know how we do us heavier people. You know how we do. We keep everything. Because we're always thinking we're going to lose weight. Come on, somebody. I just lose 10 pounds. I can squeeze into this. How many know what I'm talking about? So we keep it. And we think we're going to get it. It's been 15 years. That style, bell bottoms, come on, they don't even wear them anymore. <laughs> Time to get new clothes. My point is, my point is, they'll say, I'm going to go out and I'm gonna, they donate all the goodwill or whatever to the church. And they said, but I don't know what happened, but people started giving me clothes. That God told me to give you this, give it. And they had a whole, uh, they got, gave, gave it all away and their closet was back filled up again. You know why? Because there's an unlimited supply, but fear will keep you from God's best in your life. Don't be afraid to release it and to let it go. 
be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, releases, that he shall also reap. The good news is when I sow one seed, I get a whole bunch more seeds back out of one seed. So to resupply, replenish, is really, it's the ability to continue. It's my ability to, God blesses me so I can continue in the assignment. I've been in those moments where it's like, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, we need a miracle, right? Oh, yeah, we've all had those moments, but somehow, someway, I got through it, and everything's okay again, and we're back on course again, and God made a way where there was no way, amen? That's the blessing of the Lord to continue. I'm continually resupply, restock to its former Fullness. Now, in the New Testament, Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is what was on Jesus. The blessing was upon Jesus. So the same mindset he has is the same mindset we're to have. As we see him do, the Bible says, we're anointed to do. In John 14, 10, it says, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. So he and the Father is one, let that mindset be in you, the moment you got born again, the Father lives on the inside of you. That's why you can't live the way you used to live. Why? There's a conviction. Where's that conviction? That's the, that's the presence of the Lord, not the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And he lives with you, and everywhere you go, he goes. Amen. That anointing is upon Jesus. That anointing is inside of you. To bless is to say something good about something. Or to say something by faith. So, I don't know about you, but I've had those moments where things came out of my mouth that were by faith that my mind couldn't back up. And my checkbook couldn't back up. Are are y'all flowing with me so far? But I said it because I knew it was God. And anything else I knew was contrary to what he had promised me. So I didn't walk by sight or feelings, or emotions, at that moment I walked by faith. And when I said it, I blessed my circumstances. I empowered it to come to pass. Maybe it didn't come the way I wanted, but it did come to pass. Now, church, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that when you understand the power of this thing, is that we have to stop being so negative about what we're living in, what we're going through, the job we've got, the pastor you have, the, 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 the boss you have. Quit joining the rest of the crowd and being so negative about everything. Seems like everywhere I walk in, somebody's got to be negative about something. It's like pastime or it's fun, part of their fun. And they don't think, I don't think they even realize what they're doing. What they're doing is they're cursing the very thing that they're called and anointed to bless. If I curse it, guess what happens? Death. I won't see it come to pass. But when I, bring, when I speak life, what, bless it, then life comes on the scene. And now my circumstances begin to change. My, change my life begins to go into that direction. When my children, well, I should say this, before my son was even born and my daughter was even born, they were in their mother's womb. 
I would lay my hands upon my, my, my wife's womb, her stomach, and I would bless my child and we'd pray every single night together, and I would bless that little baby. And then when they were born, I, I remember uh, I, I lifted up my son, like that moment in Lion King. How remember that? Oh, no, no, no. I lifted up my kid, and I did. I blessed my son. I was kind of dramatic, but I did. I cried like a baby, and I, and, I, and I blessed him, and I did the same with my daughter. And then with all of them growing up, I would tell them things. Good things. I say, come here, and I, I want to pray for you. And I lay my hands. I'd be tired after working. I'd lay my hands on. I say, you're going places. You're going to do things. You're never going to be broke. You're never going to be broke. God's got His hand on you. You're going to preach the gospel one day. You watch and see. God's going to give you a perfect mate. By the way, my daughter got, Amen. Got engaged last night. Come on. So she's in the other room, and uh, is marrying a terrific man. A godly man. And we couldn't be more proud or more happy for her. And I, I can go to bed at night going, I know that that's the one God chose for her. You know, you say, well, I didn't do that with my child. I didn't do that. Same thing with my son. and Same thing with Anna. I couldn't ask for, where's my daughter? <laughs> I see two long hairs right there. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better daughter than, than this woman right here. She loves my son, and she loves that baby, and she loves God. And she's gifted and talented. And so, and so, and if you say, well, I didn't do that with my kids. Okay, you maybe didn't know. But when your grandkids come, or if you got them grandkids, why don't you lay, let, let grandma or grandpa lay my hand. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Oh, yeah. Get that blessing flowing in your grandkids. Amen. Get your 35-year-old son, lay your hands on him. In the name. In the name. Get off me. No. <laughs> Take the blessing in Jesus' name. And I, I see that that blessing is still working to this day. Praise God. I thank God for it all the time. I'm blessed. And church, we serve a big God. He's big and we put so many limitations on him. Bill Winston told this story about a man who went um, overseas and, and, and visited a nation. He actually taught and uh, these Arabs and he was teaching business and so on. And... and um, and so uh, one of the men was um, uh, flying him back to the U.S. in his jet, his Gulf Stream. And he said, um, whatever you want. He said, I want to bless you. I want to I bless you with something. He said, uh, what can I get you? What is it I can get you? And he said, I couldn't think of nothing. Like, I, don't, I didn't come to take anything or I didn't expect a present or anything like that. He said, so I, I, he said, I, I like to golf. So all I, all I can say is, hey, if you just buy me a golf club, I'd be happy with that. He goes, Consider it done. Consider it done. He said, okay, well, thank you. About a week or two later, it goes by, and this man called him and says, your golf club is ready for you. He said, oh, well, thank you. He's thinking, I'm going to give you the address to send. Just send it to this address. I appreciate that so much. He goes, no, no, no. He said, when I was in America, I went and bought it for you. I want you to come and see it. He goes, okay. So he gets picked up by a limo, goes to this place. That he goes out to this, um, uh, this um, um, you know, golf course. He sees a beautiful building, beautiful landscape. It's 18 holes, the whole deal. It's awesome. He said, it's yours. He goes, what's mine? He said, the golf club. It's yours. You mean the golf club is mine? He said, well, that's what you asked, wasn't it? Our mind sometimes thinks this big, but God, come on, somebody, is expansive. God is expansive. We've got to get our line, 
our mind in line with the way God thinks. Amen? And then talk the way he talks. This requires us to think on another level. You think, hey, I'd like to own my own house. Someone else thinks, hey, I'd like to own real estate. It's all in what you believe. It's all in what you can see. And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the essence of who you are is based on your thinking. Amen. And I don't make light of this. I, man, I know people have been locked up, and, and, and there's people in this room that I know that serve in the ministry has been locked up. And to me, that's one of my greatest things I would not want. I mean, my freedom, I've never been locked up more than, uh, <laughs> I can't lie. I wasn't locked up. I was just in the holding room. Come on. That's not, I wouldn't consider that many, 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 many years ago. Um, but to have your freedom taken away from you is probably the one of the biggest thing I couldn't take. So you, get, you watch these shows. And they show these people locked up in the, in the jail system. And some of you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And they have a commons room that's no bigger than this platform, right? And they got like six or seven, eight tables in there. And they got 50 people in that little spot. And, you know, everybody's vying for a piece of the, of the, of the, of the uh, property in there. And there's all the politics that go on in there. And it's a scary place if you don't know what you're doing. And all that stuff. And I'm thinking, my God. These people, and they're in there, and they don't even care. It's like they've, they've relegated their life so small that all they care about is one little mat and one little cell with a little card little card game, and that's all they, they, they have, and they're okay with that. I can't believe any human being would want to be okay with that, but I watch people's lives. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. My God, I, I looked and saw a man get arrested. He got arrested in front of this uh, beautiful strip mall, and, and they're, they're arresting him. And I know where he's going to go. And I, I thought, wow, just that scene alone with all that open space and beautiful trees and landscaping, all that kind of stuff. I mean, just that little sp- He had that much room just right in that moment being arrested going down to so small of an area. I think it's time for us Come on, to bail ourselves out, bond ourselves out of our own jail cells. And think on a scale, we got to think bigger, come on, than we've ever thought before. Come on, God's with us. God wants us to think bigger. Let me make this statement. You move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So whatever you think about the most is where your life is going to end up. Amen? And the Word says that Jesus was the last Adam meaning that Adam broke, what, what Adam broke, Jesus restored. And Adam did break the system, no doubt about it, but Jesus brought it back. So now that, that, he, now that you and I uh, serve Jesus, now that authority has been given to us, Adam lost his authority, Jesus gained it back and put it into it. He gave us the keys, the Bible says. We now have the keys of authority. Church, this has to be received by the Spirit. This, what I'm talking about, has to be received by revelation of the Holy Spirit because it can't be done in the natural. What God's going to call you to cause you to do, what he wants you to do in the natural, you can't do without understanding by revelation who you are, who he is, and how the blessing is supposed to flow through your life. And it's relative. What I mean by relative is everybody's got a different assignment. To one, he gives one talent. To another, he gives two talents. To another, he gives five talents. I just thank God we all got a talent. 
we at least got one talent that can multiply and become two talents, and two can turn into four, and four into eight. You see how this works? So we might have to, we, at the, if we got one talent, we may end up with less than he who has five, but it's relative because I'm happy because it's the calling God put in my life. That's why I'm going to stay in my lane, not in somebody else's lane, and worry about what they're doing, praise God, or compare myself with them. This is who God's called me to be, just like he has you. And when he called Adam the same way in the beginning before he fell, Adam had to manage the garden. How did he manage the garden? He had to do it, number one, he had to do it by faith. And number two, he had to do it through the blessing. He blessed him, and he said, replenish the earth, fill it subdue, have dominion, right? So he did it through that flow of the blessing or the anointing. How big was the garden? We don't know how big it actually was, but we know that one river alone was 1,500 miles long. So he's got a lot he's got to take care of. He can't do that except by way of the, um, by way of the blessing. Now, let me, let me, I'm going to stop right here, but let me go to Romans chapter 8, verse 33. It says this, Romans, I'm sorry, not Romans. Uh, let's go to Psalms chapter 8, verse 3. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have ordained, what is a man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. All right. So how much authority have we been given? All, because he said, over all the works of your hands. Did God create, every, did God create everything that we see? Absolutely and more. So he said, I've given you authority over those things. So again, our thinking has got to change. You go, wait a second. If God put me in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, God gave me this family, God gave me this job, God gave me this skill set, this uh, ability, I've got to start taking authority over what he has given me. My Eden. It's not Adam's Eden. It's not Pruitt's Eden. But this is my Eden. So I know that God has given me authority. In other words, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not going to wait for life to hit me over the head. What's going to happen today to me? Here we go again. That's not the way you rule and reign. Take authority. Start, that's why you start the day off in prayer. Get the mind of Christ before you walk out the door. Have authority. Make sure you get your, your shoulders back, physically put them back, and say, I'm ready to take on the day, and what I'm not ready for, you'll help me with. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be afraid today. Got to change the way we think. Jesus wants to go from point A to point B. He tells his disciples, get in the boat, cross to the other side. A storm comes. They're freaking out. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. And we, th we, th we think that God's not going to take care of us. He was taking, he said, these might be the elements, but he, he, he walked everything else spiritually. He did it by faith. And I'm not saying we're going to walk on water tomorrow. I'm just, just telling you, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, he took authority over the elements. That's power. That is authority, and that is God's blessed for our lives. The Bible says when, they walk, when, they walked that, when he walked to the boat, they became very afraid. They got afraid. And fear negates the blessing. It's going to take faith to operate the blessing. Fear is to the devil what faith is to God. 
Faith gives God the ability to work in your life. If faith gives God the ability to work in your life, fear gives the devil the ability to work in your life. I'm not saying you don't get afraid. I'm saying that while the fear is hitting you, you say, no, I refuse this. I know everything's going to be okay. If God be for me, who could be against me? You start rehearsing the promises of God, the word of God, changing your thinking, changing your thinking, and say, you're going to help me, Lord. I thank you for that. What are you doing? You're negating fear. You're not giving the devil an opportunity to work in your life. You're turning on faith. Someone said, well, you can't have faith and fear at the same time. Wrong, 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 wrong. Yes, you can. Because there's always that middle ground. You know, you ever heard of brackish waters? It's like when salt water and, and fresh water, they merge together. And only certain things can live in, in that kind of water. They call it brackish waters. Because one's trans, runs, <clears throat> one is running into the other. And it, one's, one's transforming from one thing to the next. That's the same thing that faith does. Faith transfer, transforms us from fear into what God's blessed is or what, is, what we're believing him for. So faith, there's those moments where you're in fear that you take steps of faith anyway. And the steps of faith causes what to happen, it to rise in your heart. My obedience kicks in. Many times I do that by faith, even when fear is screaming, don't. You might fall. This might happen. Amen. This might not be good for you. I'm here to tell you, sometimes that, that, that voice gets very loud, so you step out anyways, and as you step, all of a sudden you're growing in your faith. One thing the devil wants to do is get you to fall, and he wants you to fall and falter and never try to get back up again. The good news today, God has blessed you. Your faith is going to rise up to another level. It's going to supersede all the laws of man and man's and your problems and your situation. You're going to cause joy to come back in your life, peace to come back in your life and in your minds. Amen. And your vision and your destiny and your dream to come back. I say back because most of you at one time, you had it strong, but you kind of lost it. This year, you're getting it back.